Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. Did you know that Jesus spoke in parables? Parable is one of those words that is a Greek word, but we've made it into an English word. There's several of them in the Bible, like apostle and evangelism. And there's several of them where we've taken a Greek word and rather than give it its correct English meaning, we've just made it sound English. And parable is one of those. In Greek, parable means to throw alongside. And so what Jesus would do is he would walk along with his followers and others who were listening, and he would see something, maybe somebody catching some fish or some grains of of wheat or something in the field or a farmer doing his work uh, or a son and a father or some workers working in a field. And he would tell a story about that event. Now, the reason he did it is interesting. And we're going to speak about the parables for the next few weeks. There's over 20 parables in the Gospels by Jesus. Almost all of them are about the kingdom of God. This is this big idea that Jesus brought in, the kingdom of God. But in the parables, we see amazing stories about our relationship with God, about our relationship with other people, about work and how we deal with bosses and employees and work, uh, about God's word, about deep truths and less deep truths. And the parables are so beautiful. They are the main way that Jesus used to teach. And I just find it so interesting. If you've been around in church for a while, you may have become desensitized to this amazing fact that Jesus used stories to tell his truths. He didn't go through point sermons. He didn't have a Bible school where people came and registered. He just told stories about everyday events. And the other amazing thing, which we're going to see today, is that the parables had different levels and he did it on purpose. You say, Greg, what do you mean by that? What I mean is it was a very simple story on the face of it. He would tell a story about a father and two sons and one of the sons rebelled. Or he would tell a a story about a a manager who got fired from his job. But just before he had to leave his job, he used his position to make friends so that after he left, he would have friends. He, He told stories which on the face of it were simple. And a person listening could think, oh, what a nice little interesting story, but a little bit boring, not very meaningful, doesn't really impact my life and doesn't matter for eternity. It's possible for people to have heard the parables and dismiss them as a nice little story. And even today, while I'm speaking to you, it's possible that you will listen to what I'm saying and go away and think that was an interesting, nice little story. But Jesus said to his followers, after he told the first main parable that he ever told, the parable of the sower or the farmer throwing seed onto the field, his disciples asked him about it. They said, we we don't understand this. He said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't be able to understand any of the parables. Now, they understood the story about a farmer throwing seed on the ground and some of it produced a crop because it's the most simple story in the world. 
Basically, Jesus said a farmer was throwing his seed and it landed in four places. The first place was a hard path where people had walked. And so the ground was hardened and the seed couldn't penetrate. And birds came and ate the seed and no fruit or crop was produced. The second soil had very shallow soil. So maybe just on the side of the path where there were rocks and a little layer of soil. And so the seed germinated, but it couldn't put down deep roots. And so it never lived. And then the third soil, it grew maybe a little bit closer to the field, but there were other things growing there, weeds and other plants, and they choked the little seed. And so it never produced a crop. But then the fourth soil is the good soil. And you can almost imagine Jesus walking along a path and he's pointing at the four types of soil and he's telling the story. And it's a very simple story. The fourth soil is good soil where it produces a lovely harvest and a crop. And you can almost imagine Jesus picking some of the harvest, some of the wheat or whatever it was, and they eat the seeds and they enjoy it. And some people would have just heard the story and thought, well, what an interesting little story. I've heard many of those. Other people, I wonder if you can see what I'm doing here. I'm telling the parable, but in a way that's not quite like it it normally is. Other people would have heard Jesus' parable and they would have realized there was something deep there, but they didn't have time or they didn't have the inclination to press in very deep. And so they were like the, the stony, shallow layer of soil and they didn't really have any lasting fruit or any important revelation from God. It didn't change their lives. The third group of people would have heard, but they were so worried about other things. They had their business affairs to worry about. Maybe they had a relationship argument going on or they were busy with other things. And so they never really dug deep to find out what is this really about? Is this just a simple story or is there something more behind it? But then the fourth category are the disciples who came to Jesus afterwards and they knew because they knew Jesus They knew that he wouldn't tell a nice little story without there being some amazingly important truth in there. And they said, Jesus, tell us what is this parable about? And he said, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of them. Why did he say that? Because he when he explained the parable of the sower, he explained that the seed is the word of God. We have it in the Bible. But Jesus was speaking it directly out of his mouth. You know, he said that everything he said was what he heard the father saying. Jesus' words were coming directly from heaven. And so when he told the parable, it wasn't just a story. There was something deeper in there. And the reason this parable is so relevant is because every other parable is also like seed. It's the word of God. And so those four categories of response apply every time I hear any parable. And so Jesus says to his disciples, if you don't understand this one, you're not going to get any of them because you'll either be the hard soil where it doesn't penetrate at all, or you'll be shallow soil where it only penetrates for a short time, or you'll be competing soil where there are weeds and other things growing up or you'll be good soil. And if you get the fact that you have to be good soil, then you will understand all 
the 20 something parables that I tell. And my dear friend, (laughs) you've been sucked into a parable right here and you didn't even realize it. Every time you hear the word of God, when you hear a preacher preach, when you read the Bible, when you hear a song with Christian lyrics in it, when God speaks to you in the various ways that he does, every single time, every morning, every noontime, every evening, every day and every time of your life, when you hear God's word, you are one of those four soils. And so this first parable is so, so, so important. So what I want to do today is just read this parable through to you and Jesus's explanation very briefly. And then we're just going to conclude. But I just want to say one thing about the parables. They all were simple stories with a deeper meaning, but they all were stories with a surprising or a shocking meaning, a twist. You know, it's very popular nowadays, especially for films and TV shows, for there to be a twist where you're watching a show and you think you understand what's going on. And then suddenly there's a twist and it like changes your whole paradigm. And you think, what? I never saw that coming. And those are the popular films. And there are many of them. The Matrix is a very popular film. The fourth episode or or, uh, installment is coming out soon. And in the matrix, you see a man living his whole life as a normal being, but then he realizes that he's in a matrix, a computer simulation. And it's just a twist that changes everything. And the whole movie takes on a a whole new meaning. And every parable, and I'm saying this just to to give you a heads up, but also to create a desire and, and an interest in you and a thirst for something. Every parable is simple, but there is a shocking truth in it. And this is how you know whether you've reached soil number four, the good soil, is if you don't pick up the shocking, surprising twist, the thing that you never saw coming, the thing that is different to what most people think. If you never get that, if you think it's just a story with simple principles, then you haven't understood the parables because every single one of them has a shocking kick at the tail, which really challenges us and yet it is possible for some people to get nothing out of it, some to get a very short-lived interest, some to get some interest which is outweighed by other things and only one-fourth of people get good salt, good fruit, good produce, a good crop. So Matthew chapter 13 and verse 3, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Soil number one. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus was saying, are you listening? If you have ears to hear. Now the disciples went on from there and they came to him and they said in verse 16, why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus, why do you make these stories sound so simple, but if they don't press in deeper, they won't get the real reason. 
And Jesus gives the explanation. He quotes uh, from the Old Testament from Isaiah. He says, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Another version says calloused or hardened. The hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Jesus said that people have become callous. They don't want to know God's truth anymore. And while the power of God's word is still as powerful as ever, this is the kick in the tail. Are you ready for it? If you don't do something to open your heart up and to want God's truth, God's word can be as powerful as ever, but it will not penetrate. Now, that is a shocking truth. And that is the truth that was hidden in this parable. So many people would have heard about the seed and they would have imagined for a few moments in their mind, yes, a nice little seeds falling, falling, falling. Some's growing. Oh, what a lovely day. What's for lunch? But some people were cut to the heart and they understood, especially the disciples, they understood what Jesus was saying. And they had this process go through their hearts and their minds. They said, wow, every time I hear Jesus's words, every time I hear God's word from the Bible, if my heart is not open and receptive, the word of God is so powerful, it can produce a crop 30, 60, 100 fold, amazing abundance and power and life. And just, just the miracle of a seed where it's tiny and looks lifeless, but it produces so much life and more seeds and fruit and just amazing uh, reproduction. Even though the seed is so powerful, I have a part to play. You see, the common conception is A, if God wants me to hear something, he's powerful enough to shake me and get my attention and make me listen. Or the preacher must do it. Somebody else must shake me and get my attention. But not many of us realize I have a part to play. I must want it. I must desire it. You say, well, how do I want it? How do I desire it? If I'm the first soil, the hardened, calloused soil, I need to break up the, the soil of my heart. In the Old Testament in Hosea, the prophet Hosea says to the, the people of Israel, break up the fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that is hardened because it hasn't been used for crops for a long time. He says, break it up, plow it up. I've got to break my heart open and say, Lord, I need to learn new things. If I'm the shallow soil, I need to say, Lord, I need to go deeper than this. I need to really get this word and say, what does it mean for me? What is the cost that I have to count? What if I experience hardship or opposition because of this? Am I willing to let this word go deep? What about the third soil? If there's competing ideas and interests and worries and, and cares of this life or, or even theories that I've learned that are different to God's word. What do I do about those, those different weeds that are growing up? I need to identify them and pull them out. And then I will be good soil and God's word will produce a crop. Listen to Jesus's explanation. Therefore, verse 18, therefore, hear the parable of the soul. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, <laughs> 
It's all about the kingdom and it's about God's word. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. You know, the devil is there every single time we hear God's word and he's waiting to see how much do you want to take it in? And if you don't, if you're not really interested, he says, okay, I'll take it. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no roots in himself and only endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. We've all seen that in ourselves, in our loved ones, and in others we know. When they hear God's word and, and it produces an immediate response of joy, it's not just a surface level story. They understand there's something wonderful and, and eternally important and they, they receive it with joy, but they haven't let it go deep enough to change the depths of their heart. They haven't repented if they need to repent. They haven't said, I am committed to this. And so when trouble comes or opposition, they give it up. Verse 22, now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this word, this world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So he is alive. The seed has produced life. He is alive spiritually. He is a Christian, but he's unfruitful. He never fulfills his potential for God. He never lets the word of God produce all the power and life and righteousness and goodness and, and abundance that it's supposed to produce because he's got other seeds, other ideas, other worries, other things competing. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, understands it. Indeed, he who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now we're going to hear some amazing parables. There's a whole bunch of parables about seeds. There's one about a mustard seed that grows into a huge tree, but there's birds in it. There's one about yeast in a batch of dough, a huge batch of dough and a tiny amount of yeast that spreads. Um, and these are stories that could be simple, but there's a kick if we press deeper. There's a story about a net fisherman who, who bring in a net with fish and there's good fish and bad fish, and at the end of the catch, they separate them out. There's a story about a man who finds a, a pearl hidden in a field, a treasure hidden in a field or a pearl in a marketplace, and he sells everything he has and he buys it. Now, you might have heard these stories before. They may be familiar to you, but have you experienced the shock of the kick in the story? Just as the parable of the sower has a, a kick in the tail that says, unless you dig deep, God's word will be stolen from you and will be ineffective in your life. Every one of these parables that I'm telling you has a kick and something surprising, which is shocking and challenging. And I have to open up my heart. I need to dig deep into my deciding ability and say, I will serve God and follow this. I need to uproot the other thinking and the other ideas, and I need to let the Word of God produce fruit. But the final thing I need to do is I need to put myself in a place where the Word of God is reigning upon me. And can I just encourage you to read God's Word and read it not just in a cursory way where you just, it's almost like it bounces off and it means nothing to you, but read it with with desire to know the truth, 
You know, there, there are a couple of amazing um, quotes that I want, to, I want to just give you two. The first is by Jesus in John 7, verse 17. Jesus said, If anyone wills to do his will, he will know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Jesus said, if you want to do God's will, then God's word makes sense to you. It's the same as the parable of the sower. He was saying, prepare your heart. And can I just ask you, so I've challenged you first to get God's word in your heart. But now I'm, I'm challenging you to say, God, when I hear your word, I want to be hungry. I want to dig deep. I don't want to just have a surface level of knowledge, or I don't want to just be entertained and have my ears tickled. Lord, I want to find out the depths of the truth of your word so that it can produce a great harvest. And then the third thing I just want to bring to your attention, the, the, the quote that I said I would give you was from a man called Blaise Pascal. He lived in the 17th century. He was a French mathematician and intellectual and philosopher and artist. He was one of the greatest minds of human history. And he said this, what can be seen on earth points neither to the total absence nor the obvious presence of divinity, but to the presence of a hidden God. Everything bears this mark. He said, what you can see around you doesn't prove there's a God. And it doesn't prove there's not a God, but it does look like there's a hidden God. <laughs> what did he mean by that? He meant when you look at nature, if you want to, you can say, ah, oh, it just happened by mistake. It's very unlikely you can prove from nature that there is a God. But it does look very much like there is a hidden hand, a hidden God who made everything in a beautiful way, but then requires us to do some searching and some uncovering and some digging. Are you surprised by the kick in this tale today that God requires something from us? Are you surprised by that? Maybe you have been sitting under a teaching that says, if God wants you to get saved, you will get saved no matter what. You have no part to play. There's nothing you have to do. Now, I believe God definitely makes the first step and gives us the ability to respond. It's all his goodness and grace. But I still do need to respond. I still do need to open up my calloused heart and say, Lord, I want to hear your word. Acts 17 verse 26 and 27 says that God decided where and when men should be born so that they would grope for him and perhaps find him though he is not far from any of us. And this is the kick in the tail for this parable and for every parable that we're going to look at in this series is, are you searching? Are you thirsty? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus said, if you want to do his will, you'll know if the doctrine is from God. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, from out of his innermost being will flow streams of living water. But are you thirsty? Where are you in those four soil types today while you're hearing my voice? But also every time you hear God's word in church or when you're reading the Bible or reading a book, where are you? Do you allow it to just drop in and drop out again? Do you allow it to 
to just go a shallow way in? Or do you really want God's power? You know, the power of a seed, the power of a seed, the word of God is, is called a seed here and many times in the Bible. The power of a seed is miraculous. It's possible to tell how many seeds there are in one tomato plant, one tomato fruit. You can, if you are careful enough, separate out all the seeds and in one fruit of tomato, you can count 394, 394. You can count exactly how many seeds are in that one tomato. But it is impossible, impossible to tell how many tomato plants there are in one seed because the power of a seed is infinite. It's miraculous. You know, they found seeds in some of the Egyptian pyramids that were thousands of years old. They'd been buried and lifeless for thousands of years, and they planted them and they produced fruit because a seed is a miraculous thing. And God's word is a miraculous thing. Can you imagine the scene where Jesus tells a little story that many, many people, three quarters of the people listening, just didn't really get the, the main meaning of? Some thought it was just a silly little story. Some thought there was some depth, but it never affected their lives. Some never really got changed. It was unfruitful and only one quarter really responded to. Can you imagine the power that could have been released if those other three people had listened? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of a seed. Thank you for your surprising powerful parables. And Lord, I'm sorry for the many times that I've heard your word and I haven't been hungry or thirsty and I haven't opened my heart and I haven't dug deep and I haven't removed all the other ideas and wrong thinkings. Lord, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for treating your word with disrespect. And Lord, I want to be one of those people, as you say in the Old Testament, someone who trembles at your word who respects your word, who loves your word, because you have exalted your word even above your name. Friend, we love you. Please look on leadinglightsnetwork.com for our stories project, where we've taken over 30 stories from the Bible. We've told them in parable form so that people can tell them as stories to small groups or to their friends. And let's also tell our stories, our testimonies to our friends around us and tell them the word of God and let's see if the Word of God produces a crop in those around us and in our own lives like it did with Jesus. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.